Well, welcome back to another episode of Two Guys, One Plant, the weekly podcast which deep dives into the facts about different vegetables, uh, fruits and seeds. Uh, we talk about the new, the, <laughs> we talk about the history. Mm. I was going to say nutrition because I did nutrition this week, but, uh, we talk about, well, we, do, the, we do talk about nutrition. Let's be real. <laughs> I know we talk about the history of the vegetable. We talk about nutrition, medicinal uses. We talk uh, growing, uh, storing those particular plants and ultimately eating them. We also cover off a couple of weird facts each week, which is fun. Um, and this week, Tim, what are we doing? We are going to talk about broccoli. Mm, you know, all I've got in my head is that broccoli song by Dram. Never I don't. Heard? No, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> so something about I need your broccoli. <laughs> uh, and on that note, I'm Tim Aikman. <laughs> and I'm Simon Hall, the broccoli, the guy who can't sing broccoli. Anyway, do yourself a favor, go and listen to Broccoli on Spotify. It's uh, it's funny. I would love to give you more of that and probably play it for you, but there's uh, copyright issues that will be in place and yeah. we just can't afford that. <laughs> I'm going to have to go look it up, mate. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's a great song, actually. I think it was in the charts for a little while. but uh, Really? Yeah, yeah, crazy. But I, look, before we <laughs> yeah go. Oh, I was going to say all I think of when I was little is do you remember the Veggie Tales? Yes. Like, yeah. Do you remember them? Yeah. Yes, but I do. When I think Is of that broccoli, a I just think. Yes, it was. Mm. Yes. Yes. No, I do remember those as well. But they're yeah, the broccoli with the big eyes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. 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 Hey. Um. I wanted to hit you with something really quickly before we get into get stuck into broccoli this week. And like last week, we spoke about strawberries, um, a really interesting episode. I learned a lot from that um, and particularly started to incorporate them. We've got strawberries in the in the fridge at the moment in mm. uh, in paper towel, dried and making nice. sure that I haven't washed nice. them yet, which is really cool. So um Go back and have a listen to that and you can hear a whole lot about uh, strawberries. But we did have some feedback from one of our listeners, my mum, which is fun. Uh, and she was telling me about my dad's mother. So my grandmother um, on my dad's side used to serve strawberries with black pepper. What? Yeah. So every time she served strawberries, she would sprinkle black pepper over the top of them and serve strawberries like that. And it was to bring out the sweetness. The pepper to bring out sweetness. Yeah. And so, apparently it's very common with that generation to sprinkle pepper on strawberries. Holy crap. I know. Have you have you tried it yet? No. Are but you I going to? Yeah, I'll do it as soon as we get off this uh as soon as we get off this podcast, I think. Yeah, okay. I don't have any strawberries to try it with, but yeah, all right. Yeah. Mm, interesting. One thing, one thing I did do, though, because, you know, Simon and I both made it pretty clear that we hate strawberries because of the seeds. <laughs> yes. I made a smoothie this morning with strawberries, and all I did was bitch and moan about the seeds. <laughs> Classic Tim. Yeah, and I've been <laughs> thinking about my teeth all day. <laughs> I should shave get it? I should get it while well, they were frozen strawberries, but I, I should get a um a, a sieve and strain it, like through some muslin or something and rinse oh, it out. Yeah. 
<laughs> You're taking basically all the nutrients yeah. from it, eh? That would be terrible. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, well, there you go. That's um, that's a little little bit more about strawberries. I I really enjoyed that feedback. I <laughs> it was quite funny, really. But um, but look, let's let's get stuck into uh, broccoli this week, which I um, I was always a big fan of broccoli, um, but now I'm more of a fan, I guess. Uh, but we may as well start with some weird facts. Yeah, man. Yep. Get get cracking. Do you want to do you want to take us in with a fact that you found? Um, yeah. Well, this one, I guess, it kind of leads into the history side of it. But broccoli is a form of cabbage, which I did not know. That is cool. I came across that also, and I yeah. was very weirded out by that. I'm pretty sure the Italian name for broccoli. Yes, yeah. like, I'm going to talk about this, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not going to steal your thunder. Tim's going to talk about the Italian name for broccoli and what that means. So yeah. uh, we will get to that. Yeah. Um, the fact that I found, which kind of led into led into that, is that the whole head of the broccoli is basically a whole bundle of unopened flowers. Flowers, I know. It's amazing, yeah. right? I know. So what? That that means that we had we've got broccoli this week and strawberries last week that are both um, like flowers. Strawberries come uh, related to the rose flower, yeah. and now we've got broccoli that is l- literally a bunch of unopened flowers. Yeah, <laughs> I, really, really crazy because I, I mean sometimes you see them at the supermarket. I mean very rarely do you see them at the supermarket where one of the buds is flowered on the top, but I have seen that before. Mm. Um, but yeah, like crazy, right? I did. I did read. I've never seen it, but I did read that if you do let them flower, they're yellow. They go oh. yellow flowers or something. Yeah. 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 I know that there's a type of broccoli called the purple sprouting broccoli. Yeah, there's a few different colors and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is cool. Okay. Uh, another fact. You ready for this one? Yeah. Shoot. Did you know that a cup of broccoli has more vitamin C than an orange? I didn't. I okay. did not know that. And there you this, go. This is the thing, and we briefly discussed this before we did the podcast, but uh, I don't feel like I know anything about the broccoli other than my parents tried to get me to eat it because it was healthy. <laughs> but I don't I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, you know, enough. strawberries, yeah, antioxidants, uh, oranges, vitamin C, you, you get told all this stuff, bananas, potassium. Yep. Everyone just says eat broccoli because it's good for you, but not why. Yes, yes. Well, I've always uh, uh, been told about the fiber. So yep. broccoli is really good for fiber, but that's yeah, okay. pretty much everything. But yeah. in terms of comparison, average um, the average orange has about 51 milligrams of vitamin C and a cup of chopped up broccoli has 81 milligrams. Wow. So we're talking like a good 20 uh, – it's a good 50% more vitamin C than an orange. Yes, reasonable yeah well yeah I, I didn't know that no there you go yeah fact well, fact fact <laughs> there's one well there's one more thing i want to bring up okay let's talk about your mate thomas jefferson oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes and that guy is very frequent in our podcast he pretty much he's 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 like one of the biggest dudes in in global uh, mate, travel of yeah Loved his yeah. vegetables. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, tell me why. So, did you see it or not? Did you I see, did it? see it? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to talk about this guy again, but uh, you can talk about him. Uh, I had a good laugh. Yeah. So he's one of the founding fathers of the United States, which we discovered in the very first podcast. Yes. But uh, he imported broccoli seeds uh, from Italy to uh, California in 1767. Yeah, wow. And on the California fact, um, last week you said they're one of the, or they are the largest producer in the world of strawberries. Yeah. They also produce 90% of the broccoli supply for the entirety of the USA. Wow. Yeah. So oh, California, I didn't realize they're a big food bowl. They must grow a lot of produce. Yeah, yeah. they do. They're, yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure that they are the highest uh, growers of almonds in the world as well. They yeah. produce something close to 80% of the world's almonds as well. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Which is to, if they're producing so much produce, and we're talking like broccoli, 90% of America's, you know, 80% of the world's almonds. We're talking um, a good 70% of the world's uh, strawberries. Mm. Like, that is a lot. That is a lot of produce. And that's not even, I mean, we're only talking about a couple of different vegetables. Yeah, California so must have. An enormous amount of farms. And then they've got the, um, I hope I get my American geography right, Napa Valley. So the big wine country goes through California as well. It is. Yeah. That is very correct. Yeah. Mm. Crazy, huh? All right. Yeah. I've got one more fact for you before we move on to the history. Yeah. Uh, genetically speaking, I don't know if mm. you saw this, but genetically speaking, broccoli is the same plant as kale, cauliflower, kohlrabi and other brassias yes yep yes yep. yeah which so I'll, i'm going to pick up on that uh, in the okay. history but yeah yep which is uh i find this really interesting because it just means like cross pollinating uh between these types of vegetables is actually really easy to do so if yep. insects swap the pollen uh, i don't know how much you're going to go into this but it's really easy for those things to yep. cross pollinate which well, I'm going to go into it because it's basically okay. how broccoli came about because it's so easy to cross-pollinate and, and how broccolini came about as well. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, I'm, I didn't read anything on that, so I'm glad. I'm really interested to hear the history. There is yeah. one thing I want to mention, though, and that mm. I don't know if you saw it in Coles, but there was these things called kalettes. I haven't seen that, no. Okay. Yeah. Not to do with the broccoli, but they're part of the Brassia kind of family, which is and the um, cruciferous family, which is Brussels sprouts and kale. Mm. Now, the kaleettes were a mix between kale and Brussels sprouts, so mm. they were like little mini kale bushes that were like a Brussels sprout. Huh. Yeah. yeah, and they okay. were amazing. But makes complete sense now mm. that they could cross pollinate them so easily is because they're part of the same family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's funny how when the information kind of comes together, it all kind of falls into place and you go, ah, the, the light bulb moment comes on. That's and... it. <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah. You, well, you're holding the light in your hand. There. That's fantastic. <laughs> mate. Well done. Yeah. Uh, well, look, let's not, uh, let's not dilly dally too much. Let's, uh, let's get stuck into history. Uh, you're yeah, meeting this today, so let's let's brock and roll. Yeah, take me on a magic carpet ride, man. <laughs> brock and. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
How'd you yeah. do it? You do no, it? that's okay. It's fantastic. I don't think I've got any broccoli puns up my sleeves. Um, I had to. I had to Google it. Mm. <laughs> I should have said I don't have any broccoli puns in this head. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. make like a tree and leave. Well, technically, they have flowers. Not I know, but so. everyone calls them trees. Broccoli trees. Come on. <laughs> True, true. Yeah, when oh, you're a kid, <laughs> eat your trees, eat your trees. Yeah. Yeah. True. All right. True. History. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so I reckon let's start with the name because you brought that up earlier. Mm. And I did notice there was a couple of small variations on the naming. So I don't know if you read the same thing I did. But um, the word broccoli comes from the Italian plural of broccolo. Did you? Okay. Is that what you saw? Broccolo. I did see that? Yes. Yeah, and that the the literal translation is uh, the flowering crest of a cabbage. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So um, I did see a couple other slight variations, but uh, that was that was the most prevalent in terms of the the definition of the word broccoli. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So man, that blew my mind when I was like, it, it's it's basically a bunch of flowers, like. You wouldn't give someone a bunch of flowers that are edible. Give them a broccoli. Them yeah. Valentine, Valentine's Day gifts, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about cheap cheap flower. Um, that's all you need to do. Go and buy yourself a broccoli head and just leave it for a while and let it flower. Let it flower, then, that's it. And then give it to someone. It's a beautiful bouquet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheap side's coming out. Said no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, and we touched on this as well in terms of the crossbreeding. But um, broccoli was a result of you know uh, crossbreeding from the brassica crops um, in the northern Mediterranean, starting roughly around the sixth century BC. Um, and you, we said it before that brassicas are species that include uh, cabbage, broccoli, um, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, kale, collard greens, savoy, and kohlrabi. Um, there's a few others in there as well, but they're, they're the kind of main ones, the mainstream vegetables that exist in that group. Yeah, but, nice. But the broccoli as a crop, grown as a crop, goes back to like the Roman Empire time and uh, was popular kind of all around the Italian peninsula. So it really, really originated in that Mediterranean region and nice. was was a, a product of crossbreeding some of these different brassicas that were there. And all of the all of today's crucif cru oh, I always get this word wrong, right? Yeah, me Cruc too. <laughs> cruciferous, cruciferous vegetables. Yes, yes. Um, they, you know, from broccoli, kale, and cabbage, they all came from that single common ancestor that grew wild around the Mediterranean area about two thousand years ago. Um, and the Romans were the ones that started kind of breeding and and crossbreeding and coming up with all these new varieties that we've got at the moment. So it's kind of this single wild. Uh, plant that then bred out into all these different types of things that we've got to got to today. So, for me, the main difference was that broccoli. We've, there's a few others that we've touched on that go back, you know, 5,000 BC or 7,000 years, and you know they have a really um, distinct place in culture and history. Whereas what we're talking about today was crossbred and made relatively not long ago compared to the rest of them. It's uh, there's not as much history involved in it, and it was yeah, more yeah. for eating rather than medicinal or um, ornamental and that sort of thing, or even spiritual. And you know, there's lots of other things that we've touched on. So very, very different yeah. when you look at the history. 
Absolutely. I actually noticed that when I was doing research on the nutrition is that medicinally you, there's nothing on medical use of broccoli. Mm. And usually that medicinal stuff comes from ancient, like things, you know, BC kind of area, that sort of time is where um, vegetables were used as medicinal. Um, yeah. It's like, almost like it, it needed to exist, you know, back in, back in say, <clears throat> Yeah, we touched on this in the the timeline, like um, the Sumerians and the Mesopotamia. It needed to exist there for them to kind of work it into their uh, medical, if there was a medical use for it, and then propagate through through history from there. Yeah, yeah, just kind of missed out on that that uh, the ancient minds. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's weird though that it's it's weird that people think it's so good for you though, even though. It wasn't around back then. Mm. So it's yeah. almost like that result, what you're talking about, the crossbreeding and the and them kind of fusing other vegetables together to create what we have today. But it's actually worked really well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, and it has. And, again, you touched on this before, but um, how, how closely related all the brassica um, plants are and they can crossbreed. So even in your own garden, you could get cross-pollination and have, have some weird – variation which is exactly what happened with broccolini so i was really really um intrigued when we were doing this i thought i want to check what the difference between broccoli and broccolini is and broccolini is it is literally just a crossbreed of broccoli and um uh what is it i've got i've got it here somewhere i can't remember broccoli and something else chinese broccoli i think it was and it's just the two combined together and created a a thin stemmed less bitter more sweet type yeah different plant yeah so yep. they are super easy to crossbreed do you have a preference um my preference is broccolini not because of the taste but the the thin the thin stems or the stalks yep. are, are quite happy to eat it all whereas with the the broccoli the big thick stumps um it takes me a bit more we still eat the whole thing but um i don't enjoy the the stumps as much yeah. What about you? Fair enough. No, well, um, uh, I'm very much the same, although I, I like both of them. Mm. I think I prefer broccolini, but I believe broccolini is a bit more expensive to buy yes. per, per kilo, so mm. I tend not to do that. Yeah. I was reading this um, this blog from this organic farmer in Canada about broccoli, and they were they were talking about the requests they get from their customers because they they kind of grow the plants to the request of the people that are buying it, and everybody keeps requesting more broccoli, and they keep saying, well, in terms of produce per square meter, it's um, it's quite low, so they they tend to try not to make too much because you really only get a small amount, but um, everybody keeps asking for it, and yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so uh, if we go back, uh, like a broader kind of historical context, it, it started as a wild form of cabbage and then, you know, centuries of selective planting and agriculture evolved it into what we have today. Uh, it was first introduced into England around the mid-18th century. Uh, interesting here, I, I was debating whether to bring this up in the fun facts section or leave it in the the, uh, the history, but um, when it was introduced into England, uh it was actually called Italian asparagus. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Italian so, asparagus. I wonder if it was 
more closely related to broccolini rather than broccoli. They're calling it Italian asparagus, so it could have been less <clears throat> less of this kind of big bulbous tree and more like the broccolini type style. That yeah. makes sense because yeah. in my head I'm like, what kind of asparagus are these guys eating? Like. Mm. These yeah. huge, really fat asparagus yeah. with a yeah. massive spear on it. When we do Asparagus Week, we'll find out that they used to be this big. <laughs> <laughs> Basically had to cut it down with an axe to, yeah. to get the asparagus out of the ground. Yeah. And and centuries of cross-pollination has brought it down to the small bits of uh Pea smelling fruit back that in the old days. vegetable that it is now. <laughs> back in the days of the old asparagus lumberjacks. <laughs> and they rolled it through the sawmills and cut it all anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, we digress. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we touched on uh, Thomas Jefferson bringing it into the US in 1727, but it, it really didn't take off. Nobody liked it. Yeah, okay. uh, it wasn't until in the 1920s when the Italian immigrants really tried to market broccoli as a product over there, and um, it took a long time for it to catch on. But eventually, you know, more and more people started to eat eat broccoli, and and since about the 80s or early 80s, broccoli, particularly in America, this is where I found the stats. The uh, consumption of uh, fresh broccoli has nearly quadrupled. In wow. the U.S. since the 80s, yeah. And, since you know, the 80s? So, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it really didn't take off until only recently, particularly in America. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, you know, as, as those 80 kids grew up and became parents, they started feeding it to their kids. And then if you look at broccoli consumption, it's really kind of exponential as yeah, wow. um, it kind of found its way into um, the average person's, like, home dinner. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was just looking at my notes then. Broccolini was created in 1993. Really? Yeah. Well, then it can't be broccolini that was introduced to... Well, it's broccolini as we know it today. But, I mean, they're calling it broccoli was Italian asparagus, but we don't know what it looked like. Mm, I guess so. It's so easy to cross-pollinate. It could have been anything. Yeah. Well, it could have been a more wild version of it anyway. I mean, there's lots of different things and they've kind of grown it to what they want it to be now but yeah 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 and mate that is that is the history of broccoli i like that that is awesome good yeah. old thomas jefferson yeah you scoundrel <laughs> i wonder how many more times he's going to come up. oh my gosh all the time him and his garden in monticello i mean if we're really real about this like what an absolute champion yeah that he introduced so many great uh fruits and vegetables to the united states like yeah uh, he was tomatoes. He was in our first episode. Yep. It's a big, yep. big in the tomatoes bringing that over. So mm. that's uh, quite remarkable. And ahead of his time, mate, he brought broccoli over in 1727 and it didn't catch on in America until after <laughs> the, the 20s. Like re- really the 80s. Well, 1980. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, talk about being 200 years before you before your time that's certainly way ahead of the curve yeah, isn't it it was crazy yeah oh my gosh well that was thoroughly enjoyable i really uh like that uh, it's interesting again to see the roman culture and the roman empire kind of being a good catalyst for you know spread well it was such a big empire right like it yeah i i'd have to look at how far it stretched but it was most of the globe wasn't it 
yeah, it was a, a very vast area. I'm pretty mm. sure it didn't go into Asia, but um, but majority of the other other areas yeah. of the world. Um, cool. Yeah. Do you want what to talk nutrition? Oh, yeah. No. Go. I don't know anything. I was going to say, I'm looking forward to learning about nutrition, mate. <laughs> well, I'm going to hit you with nutrition now. Yeah. Uh, and don't look, I be gentle. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw a piece of broccoli at your head. Nice. Um, well, uh, but that probably shouldn't hurt you because broccoli is about 90% water, but mm. uh, it's the dense qualities of it that's actually uh, going to hurt. Uh, I'm going to talk. We're going to talk about nutrition of broccoli. First, we're going to talk about the makeup of what broccoli is first so that we can get a good understanding of what that is. And then we're going to talk nutrition. And, um, I mean, we touched on the family that it's a part of, but we're going to touch on that really quickly again. Uh, I got a lot of this stuff from healthline.com. It's a great website. Yeah, I've used it. Yep. Yeah, really, really good source of information. So um, a lot of this is from them. That I, The reason I think I love that site so much is that they use um, uh, like referenced material through mm. pretty much every single thing that they talk about. And, and every, every item is referenced. And, yes, yeah. absolutely. So a really good place to, to find information if you're looking for it. Um, let's talk nutrition. Okay, broccoli. Mm-hmm. Raw broccoli is about 90% water, 7% carbs. We're talking 3% protein and pretty much no fat at all. Uh, Super low in calories as well. So we're talking about one cup of broccoli being about 31 uh, calories. Jeez, that's not much. So, yeah, it's really, really low. So uh, you can definitely fill up on broccoli and not be taking too many calories in. So... I think the really good thing about that is that you can get a lot of nutrients from it from a low calorie perspective and also uh, use that to bulk up like heavily calorie dense items of food. Mm. So you can grow your plate with something that maybe is a bit more dense in calories. Mm -hmm. So chickpeas or something like that. I think that's why there's a really good marry and you're doing cooking today and Mm. there is a, a recipe that, I think we both know that is a chickpea base and with broccoli. I was going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm not going to talk about it now. But it is amazing and it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite things. But Same. <clears throat> a really good marry-up, you know, a, a calorie-dense with chickpeas and really low in calories for the broccoli. Uh, so that's pretty much the makeup of um, what the broccoli is. It's got a little bit of sugar in there, um, about 1.5 grams uh, for the cup and about 2.4 grams of fiber um, in that as well. So uh, we touched on this before about the cruciferous vegetables. Um, uh, there's a lot of different uh, types of vegetables in that with cauliflower, cabbage. You, you touched on all of these as well. Um, interestingly, the cruciferous is Latin for cross-bearing. I don't know if you saw that in did, your... Yeah. Yeah. So the little flowers come out and they resemble a cross, which is really cool. But uh, I think one of the biggest things, so we talked about nutrition, obviously, and and what actually makes it up. But let's talk about the stem because it's one of those areas that a lot of people don't eat the stem of the broccoli. Uh, That's not 
talking about broccolini, but we're talking about the actual head of the broccoli. I see a lot of people, and we spoke about this in the podcast last week, which you are not aware of, but a lot of people snap the stem of the broccoli off in the supermarket and leave it in the leave it in the thing so that they can cut down total weight of their of their broccoli purchase, which is, you know, not quite right. I've seen in some places that they say do not snap the stems off. But interestingly, the broccoli stems um, are just as nutritious gram for gram as the head. Mm. Um, as a matter of fact, they actually contain slightly more calcium, iron, and vitamin C in the stem. Uh, whereas the dark green florets on the top provide a little bit more vitamin A. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I never used to eat the stems um, until about uh, well, look, until I met Chris, so what, 11 years ago. Yep. And then I remember when she first cooked broccoli for me and she cooked it with the whole thing. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I can't eat this. I had to cut them off before I could eat them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how times have changed. But eh? now I wouldn't I wouldn't eat them any other way. I eat the whole thing. Yeah. 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 I, I certainly love the stem as well. I usually um, will chop it up into like little tiny bits so that oh, yeah. you can just chuck it through whatever. But we just we just like if you're cutting the broccoli, we'll cut it from the stump, cut it, just quarter it and then trim it off. So the, the florette has got the whole stem attached to it, so it's quite long. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah, I like little pieces, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I chop everything into really little pieces. We're going to get mm. into the cooking, but, you know. Tiny food. Yeah, I like tiny food. <laughs> For because tiny I, I like to eat with a spoon. <laughs> so the smaller everything's chopped up, the easier it is for me to get on a spoon. Yeah. yeah. Is it like a, a, a ladle? You just, like ladle it yeah. in yeah i have a massive ladle <laughs> that i use for a spoon it's not an actual spoon mm. okay let's talk fiber. Mm, fiber uh yeah so really important part of a healthy diet uh fiber promotes gut health um helps to prevent various diseases can also aid in weight loss mm. um so when we talked about broccoli in terms of fiber uh, it provides about that 2.3 grams of fiber, which is in one cup, which is about 5 to 10% of your daily value that you need from fiber, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's low in digestible carbs, um, but it provides a, a, a lot of fiber, which gives you the gut health, you know, all that sort of stuff. So uh, if you're having trouble with your um, bowel movements, Mm. broccoli is something that doctors recommend yeah. quite a lot to yeah. put a lot of or they they also suggest um you know fiber uh supplements but if yeah. you can eat more broccoli you're going to get in a better better source of yeah with other nutrients around and that's that's probably the one thing i knew about broccoli is it was good for gut motility which is mm. exactly what you're talking about and that's really all i all i knew yeah yeah okay let's talk protein then Mm, so, protein. Uh, yeah. So, um, broccoli is actually really high in protein. Uh, the protein component of it makes up 29% of the dry weight, mm. which is quite high compared to a lot of other vegetables. Mm -hmm. But because it's so high in water, uh, 
one cup of broccoli, not the dry broccoli, but one cup of broccoli only has about three grams of protein. There you go. Mm. So if you wanted to get a quite a high protein snack that was low in carbs and, uh, and low in um, calories, mm. I would say um, drying broccoli. So putting it in a dehydrator. Mm-hmm. And dehydrating broccoli down would be a really good way to have, um, you know, a high protein snack. Flavor yep. your flavor your broccoli stems, and then yeah, away you go. Um, let's talk vitamins and minerals. Uh, it's quite high in vitamin C, which we know is an antioxidant. Um, it's really good for immune function and skin health. Um, so we know that. You know, a half a cup serving of broccoli will give you about 70% of your daily value of vitamin C, which is crazy. huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's also got high amounts of vitamin K, which is really good for blood clotting, blood clotting, blood clotting. You got cots on the mind, mate. Cotting, yes. Mm. I do have cots on the mind. Um, <laughs> and can promote bone health. Uh, it's good with folate, um, which is particularly important for pregnant women. You know, uh, folate is really needed for that normal tissue growth um, and cell function. Uh, it's good for potassium. Uh, potassium, another essential mineral, uh, which is beneficial for blood pressure control and heart disease prevention. Uh, manganese, uh, which has trace elements um uh, which are found in like grains and legumes and that sort of thing. So it's good with manganese and it's also got a lot of iron, um, which is really good for transportation of oxygen and red blood cells, which we know already. Interestingly, uh, when we talk about plant-based iron, uh, mm. a really important factor for absorption into the body of plant-based iron is the um, existence of vitamin C. Mm-hmm. So vitamin C aids in absorption of plant-based iron. So the fact that broccoli has iron and a high dose of vitamin C in it, to me, means that the iron component, if you're eating enough broccoli, you'd probably be getting, it'd be a really good source of iron. Mm. Um, We've come across this before, haven't we, in uh, previous previous weeks where a plant has got iron and vitamin C together. And Was it beetroot? It was beetroot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's actually the when we spoke about beetroot, we spoke about spinach, beetroot, and orange juice in a drink to mm. really get your yes. So I mean, you could sub your spinach out and chuck uh, broccoli in there if you wanted to, but I mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. delicious. May not be very nice. Uh, broccoli's also got a whole bunch of other plant compounds in it. Um, so various antioxidants, which, you know, add to a lot of different health benefits. So we're going to talk about sulforaphane, which is one of the most abundant and extensively studied plant compounds in broccoli. Uh, and it protects against various types of cancer. Um, I read some other interesting facts on um, Healthline as well, which which was citing some different reference material on uh, how broccoli fights cancer. Uh, and it's actually a really big uh, component of 
reducing cancer cells and, and actually going against that kind of stuff, um, which kind of comes into some of the other stuff that it's got in it, which is uh, indole-3-carbonol, uh, a unique nutrient found in the cruciferous vegetables, um, which, again, is a cancer-fighting compound. Uh, it's also got carotenoids in it, um, which you've touched on before as well, which is lutein, uh, beta-carotene, which contributes to a uh, healthy eye function. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also got uh, caffeinol, camphorol, camphorol. No idea, mate. Camphorol. How's it spelled? K-A-E-M-P-F-E-R-O-L. I'm thinking okay. that there's a silent letter in there. So let's go camphorol. Camphorol. Uh, an right. antioxidant with many benefits for health. Uh, it protects against heart disease, cancer, inflammation, and allergies. Um, and it's also got quercetin, which is an, another antioxidant, uh, which helps in lowering your blood pressure. Mm. Uh, so all in all, like a pretty uh, nutritious vegetable, to, which is, I mean, when we're talking about people uh, telling you to eat your broccoli, no one goes into depth and tells me all of those things, which is what you really want to hear. Yeah. Uh, but it's got a lot of different antioxidants, which which goes into that. We are going to talk a little bit more about that cancer prevention, which we, um, which I just touched on briefly with a couple of those antioxidants. Um, so and it, I think a lot of people are very aware that cancer is characterized by the rapid growth of abnormal cells. Uh, it's linked to oxidative uh, stress in, in your blood cells. So with broccoli being loaded with these compounds that kind of um, protect against cancer, there are observational studies that suggest that the consumption of cruciferous vegetables, including broccoli, um, helps to reduce reduce the risk of many cancers, including lung, uh, colorectal, uh, breast, prostate, pancreatic, and gastric cancers. Um, they are suggesting that the lysothylacinates, mm, uh, I don't know how to say that, Isocythonates affect yeah, I don't know. <laughs> enzymes. Uh, basically, it's just reducing this oxidative stress, decreasing inflammation, stimulating, uh, stimulating your immune system and helping combat um, uh, the cancer cells. Yep. Uh, that sulforane that we spoke about uh, just before occurs at 20 to 100 times higher amounts in young broccoli rather than full-grown heads of broccoli. So if you're really wanting to get that particular compound, you it's better to have broccoli uh, quite young, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, we talked a little bit about um, that lowering of cholesterol. I don't think we need to touch too much on that, but uh, there was one study that, uh, that looked into uh, steaming broccoli is particularly useful for lowering your, lowering your cholesterol levels. Mm. So... A good way to, to cook your, your broccoli is by steaming it. Um, a lot of people blanch it as well, but I think steaming it is, is what they're talking about to, did, to really. Did you look at, at um, the effect of cooking methods and um, the impact it has on the nutritional value and, and particularly those antioxidants and how they 
how they react? Did you have, see any of that? I did see a little bit of that. Uh, yep. There wasn't a whole lot around it. Mm. Um, there was slight reductions based on yep. cooking method, but it wasn't dramatic enough um, for it to be like a big issue. I also had a quick look at uh, there was a study that was done on the difference between organic farming of broccoli versus commercial farming of broccoli and what that looked like for antioxidant levels within the actual uh, vegetable as well. Mm. Um, and although there were slight, there were a couple of different factors that were slightly higher in the organic farming across the board, it really wasn't that much different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the only big difference, I guess, there is the amount of pesticides that are used on broccoli, but broccoli are not part of the the dirty dozen of like high pesticide. Um, yeah, I yeah. have heard some. Um, I'll call them rumor because I don't know how factual it is about what mm. what um, is done to broccoli to stop it from flowering. Um, but I couldn't find anything to, to back Neither it up, could so I, I'm not even going to bring it up. But yeah, I, I no, do wonder. I think we should bring it up because uh, I've heard that as well, and it's one of the things that a lot of people have told me about broccoli. But through, you know, searching for this online and trying to find it, the only thing that I could find about broccoli was that it was actually um, low in pesticides. Mm. In the US, about seventy percent. Of broccoli doesn't test for pesticides, mm. so you, there's no there's no no um, testable amounts on it. So um, the rumor, uh, this is probably the same as you that you've heard, is that people they dunk the broccoli stems in a in a big barrel of Roundup to mm. stop it from sprouting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I couldn't find anything on that. Mm. So whether it is common practice or not is, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it could be just an old wives' tale. Yep, or could an be. old, an old man at home tale. Mm. An old man at home tale. Yeah, yeah. I like. That. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we're. I'm open to everything here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's all good. Uh, we talked about eye disease as well before. Um, the two main carotenoids in broccoli, which is the lutein and the zeaxanthin. Yeah. Um, uh, associated with a decreased risk in age-related eye disorders. Mm. Um, you know the beta carotene is also really good for eyesight, um, which we've touched on in, in past levels. I believe uh, beetroot is high in beta carotene. Mm. Yeah. And carrot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's another old tale about carrots, but you eat lots of carrots you can see in the dark, um, which I've heard many many times so many times yeah Yeah. um but uh that's pretty much the real good things about uh broccoli there are a couple of down potential downsides to eating broccoli downsides i know i know uh deforestation (laughs) yes (laughs) deforestation of broccoli tree plantations Uh, it's terrible it's actually Mm. terrible yeah it's shocking have you seen the pictures i have you know The uh, broccoli forest is burning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, no, no, no. So uh, there's potential. Um, there's potentially some things uh, associated with thyroid problems, um, where broccoli is considered a uh, goiter goitrogen, 
which means that the high amounts uh, may harm the thyroid gland in sensitive individuals. Mm-hmm. But if you cook the vegetable on high heat, it can actually reduce the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it also talks about blood thinners as well. Uh, so individuals that are taking blood thinners um, should consult with healthcare practitioners before increasing broccoli intake because of the vitamin K1, yep. uh, which may interact with that particular type of medication. Yeah, so it'd be like warfarin and that sort of thing. Yeah, That is exactly what they've talked about, warfarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a very common blood thinner. Yeah, um, but quite powerful too. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's pretty much the nutritional benefits of mm-hmm. the the old broccoli. Um, I think the biggest points to take out of that were uh, really good for fiber. Um, don't get rid of the stem. You yeah. know, use yeah. the stem. There's many, many different ways you can use the stem. We'll talk about cooking later on and we'll touch on stem cooking. If, I don't know if you're going to touch on stem because you're taking cooking, but well, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to address it specifically. <laughs> but yeah. No, no, we're not going to talk specifically about stem cooking, but uh, it will have a mention. But uh, um, yeah, really cool. I mean, the best way to get the nutrients from it is to eat it raw. Uh, but who's going yep. around eating raw broccoli? No, I, I, I did read that um, roughly five minutes is the sweet spot when you're cooking. Yeah broccoli around five minutes and you kind of retain a reasonable amount of the nutritional profile and you don't break it down too much but um what i did read was and i think we discussed this in a previous episode was cooking it to the point where it's like soft and mushy yes it's pretty much it's pretty much lost all its nutritional value at that point yeah 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 Yeah. which is how i i used to eat it like that now now i eat it quite quite crunchy yeah yeah that's good. Yeah. Well, I, I generally, uh, with broccoli, I like to blanch it, mm. which is basically running it in, you know, boiling water. You chuck it into boiling water and leave it in there for about two minutes and then you take it out and pour cold water on it immediately yeah. to slow that cooking down and yeah. and then your broccoli's done. Well, we, we've sort of made a natural progression into cooking, so should we just keep this theme going and just talk about yeah. the way, where we cook it? Because I yeah. tried, I tried uh, roasting just some florets of broccoli the other day. Have you roasted them just on their yes. own, not like a whole head? Do you oh, like yeah. it? Do you like yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So I, I did a big roast tray with a heap of stuff and I thought, blow it, I'll throw the broccoli into the oven with everything else instead of, you know, blanching it on the stove yeah. like I normally would. Yeah. I quite enjoyed the the kind of the crispy edges and the yeah. – but Chris was not a fan at all. No, didn't like it. <laughs> I, I love it like that. I yeah. think it's fantastic, especially if you spice it right. Yeah, okay. Like if you yeah. if you season your florets, so chuck it into a um a bowl and I don't know, put a little bit of lemon juice and salt and pepper on it, and then just massage it into the heads and then roast it. Mm. Like mm, the, nice the, nice head massage, yeah. Mm, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you want to talk cooking now, and then we'll do like growing yeah. and storage after this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's right, just talk keep, to me. Keep, keep going to cooking. Well, I was enjoying the conversation, but um, oh well, we can talk conversation more if you want. But yeah, I, yeah. So we, we, I spoke about this earlier, and this is one of the things that you were going to bring up. So can you tell people about this recipe that we both know and love? Well, is it the, the one with? And, is it the one with capers? Or is it? A different- uh, it's a smashed chickpea one. Yeah. Okay. I think we've I think we've got different recipes, but. 
similar. Oh, so it's broccoli okay. and chickpeas. And anyway, this you cut your broccoli up, you know, um, just lightly kind of stir fry it or saute it off or whatever and, mm-hmm. and set it aside. You cook up your, your chickpeas and a uh, bit of lemon juice and uh, some cumin and um, – and then on the side, you've got a pot with a bit of oil, some garlic, some chili, and some capers, and you just kind of just cook that off or warm it through. Yeah. And then combine the chickpeas with the broccoli, uh, oh throw in throw in some spinach, and then drizzle the the the. It's basically an oil that's got capers and chili. Oh in my it. god, that's amazing! And you drizzle it over the top, and it is the best broccoli salad. Hands oh down. <laughs> okay, I've got two for you right now right. because. Yeah. Um, okay, so in is that in the neighborhood book? Uh, it's or in community? one of them. It's in one of them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think it's in community actually. Yeah. So in the community uh, cookbook as well, which uh, Tim and I are big fans of uh, these particular cookbooks. One's called Community, the other one's called Neighborhood, and it's all about you know bringing vegetables to the forefront and making them the highlight of the dishes. Mm. Um, no, but there's a smashed chickpea with um, broccoli in yeah. that where it's like a smashed chickpea base that goes down the bottom yeah. and it's all flavoured and then you put your broccoli that's blanched on the top of it, sprinkled with dukkha and yeah. like some other yeah. stuff and, and um, fresh mint leaves I think it is as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's oh. a good one. That is so a good, good one. Yeah. And there's also that uh, Yotam Otolingi one. Yep. which you know uh, we've made that many times where it yeah, yeah. involves mustard seeds and curry leaves and, you oh, know, baby God. baby broccoli and um, fresh grated uh, coconut. Oh, man. And, man. That, one's, that one's a good one. I'm going to have to take that book out and make it now. Yeah. Mm, and edamame. They, they chucks edamame in yeah. there as well. Yeah. It is phenomenal. That the, the curry leaves are like a lightly toasted uh, with the with the blanched broccoli and it's just it's it's a special dish it, and I, it, it's funny you know that one's a special dish the smashed chickpeas <laughs> a special dish the um, broccoli with chickpea and capers is is absolutely delicious yeah and it, it just makes me think when I was growing up, and we were served meat and three veg. You got oh. you got your lamb chop and <laughs> some mashed potato, some broccoli and some carrot. Yes. And that was and the broccoli was overcooked and, and yeah. mushy and yeah. and like it was like you push it to the side, you eat your meat, you eat your sweet or you eat your mashed potato, and then the rest of them don't don't even get a look in. Oh, and mate. it's like it's transformed from this kind of second-rate vegetable to the hero of so many dishes. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I used to shove broccoli in my socks yeah. <laughs> uh, at the table and then excuse myself to go to the toilet and throw it down the toilet and flush it. Oh, so, please, please tell me you got sprung because they didn't flush. Uh, <laughs> no, I think they did flush. Oh, damn it. Yeah. You just cover it with a bit of toilet paper and it usually will <laughs> suck it all down and just take it all with it. Uh, uh, that old that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if my mum ever found that out. She I guess has she now. will now. <laughs> I'm sorry, mum, uh, but I really didn't like it. But I'm a changed man. I love my broccoli now yep. and yep. Uh, hopefully I can raise young... Uh, my young boy to enjoy broccoli, mm. but uh, I might do it a little different with a bit of. I, bit of I um, 
Yes, I, I was thinking about the roast vegetables. I, as like my go-to roast when I'm really cooking and don't want to think about it, it's uh, I just put um, garlic and paprika on everything. So whatever <laughs> goes in the oven, a bit of garlic, like just throw in some um, some cloves and then just, just sprinkle some paprika over the whole lot and it always comes out delicious every Amazing. time. Yep. So did you do that with the broccoli? I did, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. So you liked it, but Chris wasn't a fan. Nah, she just didn't like. I I I didn't ask her, but I'm pretty sure it was the texture because it was like you know it had that real crispy kind of outside texture and yeah 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 yeah. Oh, I, I like. Yeah, I don't mind that. Hmm. Mm, nice. All right. Yeah. Talk to. Have you got some more stuff to tell me about cooking? No, not really. Other than okay. just you, it's just something that you can eat raw. But I don't know who really does at the end of the day. <laughs> It's because it's quite it. it's it's quite bitter, um, yes. so you need to cook it off to kind of get rid of some of that bitterness. But I did read that the uh, the leaves because it is like a cabbage, you yep. can eat eat the leaves, but they're more bitter, so you really have to be careful mm-hmm. with them. Um, yeah, okay. I don't know anyone that that does eat the leaves at all, but uh, no. you can can do it. Um, so we talk stem, stem yeah, cooking. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So. Yeah. People that hate the stem, this is what I found out really quickly, is that, uh, you know, a really good place to put it is in soups. Oh, yeah. So chop the stems up and put them into your soups. Uh, Usually you blend soups anyway, so it kind of gets rid of all of that and you get all those really good nutrients out of it. Um, uh, Also, if you want to – oh, what was the other thing I was going to say? With stem cookie – oh, you can use it for vegetable stocks. Oh yeah, yeah, that, so, yeah. I've done that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So if you've got broccoli stems and you don't like eating them too much, uh, you can chuck them in a stock. You can put them in a soup. You can also shave it mm-hmm. and make them into broccoli chips. Oh, I've not done that before. Yeah. Mm. So chuck them in the oven on a low setting, like about 160 degrees, and just let it kind of, you know, season your. See, I, I'd cut it sort of. You know, you get your stem and then cut it into little circles. Yeah, yeah. And then chuck it into the thing, put it on a low setting, give it a bit of seasoning, uh, salt and pepper and a little bit of olive oil, and uh, mm. it'll cook it down into little broccoli chips. I reckon I'm going to try that. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Nutritious. Super yeah, nutritious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder – I wonder – uh, what the mindset is behind people that don't eat the stems. I don't remember why I didn't eat them. I just didn't. But they are quite quite fibrous. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's that's the reason why people don't want to eat them or? Yeah, I, I'd say that that is probably the case. It's not the best thing to eat, let's be honest. It, there's not a whole lot of flavor in it. There's not a whole lot of, um, it's essentially like eating a mushy carrot mm-hmm. that doesn't have, flavor or texture and when you eat broccoli you essentially associate purely with the head of the broccoli the the yep. leaves and the flowers yeah um that it probably just doesn't factor into people's heads mm. yeah but go. anyway yeah cooking loved it nice. yeah that was good yeah that was good man yeah. i i am i want to go and buy some broccoli now because at particularly for those recipes that we spoke about, they are some of my favorite recipes to make mm. and I want to eat them now. Yep, yep. The the salad with the capers, we cook that all the time. 
is pretty yeah. regular for us. Yeah. I I think that uh, chili and broccoli together just are beautiful together. Mm-hmm. Like they just have a really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's in a lot of um, Asian cuisine as well. Is that broccoli yeah. and yeah. and and ch- chili is 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 cooked a lot together. So mm. um, I put and chili and garlic. Yeah, I put chili on a lot of my vegetables. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I put. It. Yeah, I quite like the the warmth of the chili and the vegetables, and it really kind of mm. just yeah they work well together. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Let's. Uh, shall we? Move on to growing it for all yeah, the, mate. the green thumbs out there. Teach us how to grow it. Okay. Broccoli. Growing. And I got a lot of this information from uh, the Reader's Digest, as a matter oh. of fact. And not the small little books that used to Not come the in. condensed ones? <laughs> mm, no. Short Although story. I remember those vividly from my childhood. Yeah. My mum was an avid to... Reader's Digest person. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, right? All the little um, the brown books with the, yeah. The gold, mm. the gold lettering on the yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So weird. anyway, did they do sweeps as well? The Reader's yeah, Digest. Uh, I think so. Yeah, they yeah. they spam you with like, <laughs> oh my god, you've won if you can match this stuff up. Yeah, I feel like they're like the, they were the first kind of email spammers, but not through email. That was Letterbox. just through postal services. Yeah. But they spammed people. They really they got, re- they got around the the whole no junk mail by addressing it to you and then just <laughs> yes, and you. putting it in an envelope. <laughs> 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 they were just like, we're gonna make our um, we're gonna make our junk mail very personalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, let's talk growing. Uh, okay, so as we uh, we've spoke about this so it's a little bit more bitter in flavor than your cauliflower um but uh essentially with broccoli you can grow it from seed uh mm-hmm. it's not too hard to grow from seed it's actually pretty pretty good um you should plant them in some compost enriched soil uh generally from february to june is the best time to do it so you've got you know a couple more months left um uh, and they grow for about 10 weeks. Um, and then you can pick the, the head and, um, and that generally will promote new growth. So um, 10 weeks <clears throat> till you've got a, a broccoli head. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Now, uh, and it's best to put it in full sun as well, mm-hmm. although they do okay in partial sun, but um, full sun's the best thing for it. I've actually grown broccoli before. Okay. Um, and it was very easy to mm-hmm. do. Um, so in a I, in a garden bed or in a in a box or a pot? No, or? I I grew it in a um, like a three kilo bag kind of yep. hessian bag thing that we had yep. on the balcony. Yep. Uh, which was partial sun. I only had uh, sun from you know the morning until about midday one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but it grew really quickly as long as I kept watering it. It grew really quickly, really well. And then when I took the head of it off and ate it, it was delicious. But um, it grew another head where the head was. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really cool. Um, yeah. So uh, a couple more details on this. Uh, to grow the big heads that they sell in the supermarket, uh, you need to get certain varieties of the Calabrese, um, 
which is a, an Italian variety, which we... There's that we, heritage. Yeah. That's it. It's very, very true. Um, so, uh, so with pretty much all brassias um, or brassica, brassicas, um, you need your soil to be like a minimum pH of about six and you can add a bit of lime in there as well. Mm. Uh, you don't want to grow them in newly manured uh, ground. Uh, you essentially just want like a high nitrogen sort of fertilizer. Um, it doesn't like being transplanted. So basically, you know, sow your seeds about every 15 centimeters in rows. Um, uh, you can actually do them in seed beds as well and then kind of put them into uh, the thing. But you want to kind of plant it fairly deep, uh, plant them fairly deeply, and you want to water them really well. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? Harvesting. Uh, well, we'll talk harvesting really quickly, uh, but then, you know, make sure you give it plenty of water. Uh, that's a, a thing that broccoli really loves, and it actually draws a lot of nutrients in. So mm-hmm. um, make sure you're giving it plenty of water. Uh, harvesting. So, again, we said about 10, about 10 to 15 weeks is when you're going to get your first crop and then your second crop of the kind of side shoots that kind of come out as well. Um, happens just after that, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, we can talk companion planting now. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So companion planting for broccoli, for increased flavor to your broccoli, you want to plant it next to celery, onions, garlic, shallots, leeks, and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, some other thing That'll be because yeah. of the pH level in the soil. Yeah. Definitely. Um, there's a, another thing we're going to touch on in a second that's really cool as well about this, but um, you can also plant it with beets and dill, lettuce, spinach, rhubarb, um, radishes, that sort of thing. It's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfriendly neighbours for broccoli, though. Uh, yes. Uh. So although broccoli is, you know, one of the most nutritious vegetables that we can get, uh it does not get along with its own family. That sounds like every family ever. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little bit, Um, especially in poor soil conditions. So, or poor home Uh, conditions. So they're fighting to be heard. (laughs) Yeah. So basically broccoli being a heavy feeder, um, it's kind of pulls everything in, but when you plant it with other brassicas, uh, like cabbage and cauliflower and collard greens and, you know, kale, uh, they basically are, are fighting for the same nutrients. Mm. Uh, we, we talked about it being genetically equivalent to, yeah. you know, broccoli is genetically equivalent, so it needs the same nutrients to actually grow. So planting them together will produce nutritional deficits in the soil. Yeah, yeah. So definitely do not... Um, do not plant them together. Okay, noted. Just a big, big tip. Um, a couple of other little tips as well that I came across. Um, so, in terms of germination, if you're, you know, planting the seeds, you want it to be in a really sunny location. So make sure you get them, you know, in a sunny, sunny area. Um, um, 
there's a couple of things you need to watch out for, like white cabbage butterflies and caterpillars and that sort of thing. I actually found when I planted uh, the broccoli that I had at the balcony, I've never seen insects mm. before on the balcony, but it got caterpillars immediately. Yeah, right. So caterpillars are definitely go after broccoli. They know it's there. I don't know how they know it's there, but they find it. You know, we're the third floor apartment. I don't know how the caterpillars got up here, but damn, did they get up here and they started chewing on it. So, yeah, I know. So just, you know, be nice to to the caterpillars as well. You know, put them on a little piece of paper, take them downstairs. Move them them on, move on. Nothing to see here. That's right. Nothing to see or eat here. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah. Saint your broccoli. (laughs) That's correct. So just, yeah, make sure you keep it all under check and and you'll be fine. Um, We touched on that water before as well, but you want about two inches of water per week um, with broccoli. So it's a a good health drinker. Yeah, Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And that is pretty much growing broccoli. Nice. Yeah. That's good. That's it, man. I feel like I can grow one now. Yeah. I'm actually going to plant them again um, because they're really good growers. Mm. Uh, and it doesn't take much to grow them. Yeah, just kind of. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So, uh, you know, if you just water them pretty regularly, they'll grow to what yep. you want them to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I might put some in the front yard. Good idea. Mm. Lots cool of sun. sun. Yeah, that's it. Like it. Mm. All right, you going to talk to me about storage? Yeah, yeah. So storage. The key thing or the key takeaway before I go into any detail is broccoli doesn't store very well. Okay, awesome. All right, pretty, it's good to see you, man. Have pretty a great simple. podcast. That was fantastic. And and yeah, and then all the reading I did, it's like, you know, we were talking at the start about how you learn something and it all falls into place. Mm-hmm. Broccoli is a bunch of flowers, yes. and flowers don't store very well, and broccoli oh. is the same. That just <laughs> makes so much sense. <laughs> Why did I not think about that? Yeah, it's it's so similar. Oh my so. Gosh. <laughs> so can I yeah. put the stem of a broccoli in some sugar water and it should be all right? You can put it in water, and but you need to put it in the fridge. It's like when you go into a florist, they store all the flowers in the fridge, yeah. you know, like overnight or whatever to keep them. Yeah. It's the same thing with broccoli. You have to you have to keep it in the cold. There's no no question mm. about it. It will not store very long out of the cold. Um, but so in your fridge, they say between three to five days if you do it correctly, and I'll go into the details. But if you if you put it in, you know, put the stem in some water and put it in the fridge, you can extend that out, you know, a few more days. So you know, plus or minus a week, you know, around that around that kind of area. Week's not too uh, bad. Yeah, but you should you should be eating your broccoli within about three days of buying it, or okay. or you've got three to five, but you know, three for best mm-hmm. um, nutrient value and you know for freshness. Okay. But um, the best method, which I've never used, but I'm going to try it. And I looked everywhere for the best method, and they all say the same thing: is basically don't wash it because it's a, it's like um, uh, I can't. Remember. It was like uh, like beetroots. We talked about not washing the beetroot before until you go to use it because washing it kind of starts the process of it degrading. Yep. Yep. Bro- broccoli is similar in terms of you don't wash it because you don't want the moisture to be retained. Those florets are quite dense in terms of the way those the buds are packed together and you don't want mm. the water trapped between it 
and it starts to grow mold and algae and all that sort of stuff. You don't want that to happen. So you, you kind of want it to be dry. But basically what you do is you can mist it so that the water just sits on the outside and then wrap it in some paper towel or paper or something like that and then put it in the fridge. Um, but don't seal it in, in an airtight container. You want that airflow so that it doesn't get moldy. Oh. Uh, yeah, so you just kind of give it that kind of wet paper towel loosely wrapped around it, which feels quite difficult to do in a refrigerator i don't know about you but yeah. we I, I don't know that i'm gonna have enough space to do that for mm. a broccoli head but i'll give it a no. go but they do need yeah. good air circulation yeah okay yeah well uh i kind of buy broccoli in two parts i buy frozen broccoli um mm-hmm. from aldi because it's really cheap it's mm-hmm. like i think it's like two dollars fifty for 500 grams which is yep. amazing yep. um and you can buy, and I, we buy them fresh as well. But I find that the fresh ones, we either use it straight away or it just yeah. goes bad really quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. you can you can freeze broccoli for up to 12 months, so there's no issue mm. there. You just chop it up, yeah, wash it, chop it up, and put it in the freezer you know, yeah, in, nice. in your container. Yeah. But one, one thing I did, uh, I was, I mean, that's basically storage. It's really all yeah. you can do with broccoli. One thing I was really interested in is how to tell when your broccoli's gone bad Mm. there's times where I've kind of picked it up and it's uh, it's a little bit little bit limp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen that as well. Yeah. When you hold oh. the stem and it kind of falls <laughs> over a little bit. Yeah, and I have been known to still eat it that way, but uh, I thought I wanted to check what the, uh, I guess the classification of, you know, how do you know when your broccoli's gone bad? But uh, one of the key things is the color. So it actually starts to go a yellowy color, which... Yes. I don't think I've ever noticed on the broccoli that I've had. So I don't think I've let it go long enough to start to turn yellow. Okay. Um, but, it, yeah, it goes from that really dark green to more of a yellow color. Um, and then you, you kind of can tell that it's starting to go. And then, again, the, the it does start to become soft, but the the, the key indicator is um, it starts to get a, like a slimy texture on the outside of it. So it's Ew. it's not so much the softness, but it's a bit slimy. slimy. Yeah. 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 That, that and would then, put me off immediately. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then after that the the buds can can start to go moldy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Far out. That's cool, yeah. huh? Yeah, but interesting. Yeah. Mm, very interesting. Mm. But that's well, it, man. That's that is storage. Yeah. Wow. Well that's well that's broccoli. Yeah. It is. Wow. What a great uh I, I know we've finished that and all the rest of it, but I actually just remembered we had a um we had a broccoli dish last night, as a matter mm. of fact, which is mm. called um, Getting Your Greens, which is actually one of the Nourish Box recipes, which nice. they've got from um, uh, Emily Sonsi. She's um, she's like a recipe creator, um, Instagram person who yep. has actually just set off around Australia in a van, which is you know what everyone loves to do. It's pretty cool. Yep. Um, but she has this recipe where it's called Get Your Greens, and she does a lot of stuff for kids to make sure that kids are getting their greens. Yep. And it's essentially just like broccoli that's been blanched, peas, um, a bunch of other greens. I can't remember. Oh, spinach, something else as well. And you – and lemon, and you blend it all up, um, yeah, right. yeah. and then add it into your pasta. Oh, so it's almost like a pesto. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But it's a broccoli yeah. pea, 
you know, spinach pesto. Oh, that's cool. Just, yeah, it's, yeah, and it is delicious. Yeah, yeah, like really, really good. I can't remember. It's got some other stuff in there as well. I don't know. It's got cashews and yeah. Well, the cashews will help mm. help make it like a pesto. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Binds it all together. Yeah. Delicious recipe. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I was going to bring up one other thing because you were talking about um, your mum giving feedback, mm. and it was it was just before we sat down to record this podcast. Kristen goes, um, I can't remember the exact exact words she said, but uh, she said, "Tim, these tomatoes." ever since we started keeping them out of the fridge, tastes so much better now. She said, now I know why, now I know why I always, I always wondered why tomatoes back at my nan's house tasted so good and the tomatoes eat now don't taste any good, but she always kept them out of the fridge. Oh. And now we've started keeping them out of the fridge and they taste so good. Nice. That's yep. awesome. That is yep. really good to hear. Yeah, I, I love the tomatoes on the bench these days. Yeah. It's uh, fantastic. I I tell you what, man. We're what five episodes in now. Um, mm-hmm. Are we? Is this number five? This is number six. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yep. Six episodes. Oh, wow. Okay, six episodes in. Um, and I have learned so much. Already. Oh, heaps. Uh, which is fantastic, and I continue to learn more and more each week. We are. We're actually going to have our first guest in a few weeks as well. Shut um, up. Yes, I know. Um, it's oh, a surprise. We... No, oh. it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we'll be having a guest. We'll be having a guest. Strawberry uh, was number five, mate. Strawberry was number five. It was number five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm losing track. Uh, we're no, not okay. even that many into it and I'm losing Talk track. But about... uh Talk to me about this. But guest. we're going to have a guest uh, very soon to do one of the vegetables with us. Uh, we're actually going to start talking to some chefs uh, very soon to to get them to join us on the podcast and talk about cooking of different vegetables. We're going to get some people who are um, well versed in different fields when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to um, being. Uh, prolific and knowledgeable about certain vegetables, yeah, yeah, um, which is exciting, and and I'm excited to do that um, a lot more. There's Tim's dog for anyone who's actually watching this on the Instagram. <laughs> he's been uh, he's been dying to get my attention this whole time. He keeps knocking <laughs> his head up. <laughs> he just wants to be on the podcast, mate. Yeah, I totally yeah. understand that. Um, I'm not sure many people would understand him, but that that is okay. Uh, well, look, uh, I've had a great time with this one, mate. Uh, really, really interesting. Um, if anyone's got any feedback or, or any funny stories or different ways that they cook with broccoli that's interesting, and uh, do let us know. And you can send us an email at hello at messy veggies, M E S Y V E G I E S dot com, um, and just tell us what that is because we'd love to hear from you. Um, I think that covers everything. Yeah, everything except uh, what we're going to do next week, mate. Oh, what are we doing next week? Oh, it's a fruit next week. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. moving on to a fruit. So we are. what are we thinking? Well, I chose broccoli, so I feel like it's up to you. What is a fruit that you would love to know more about but don't know much about? 
with lots of seeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'm going to be selfish on this one, and okay. I want to go. I want to go with the uh, plum. Oh, purely because I have two plum trees in the backyard. Oh, that's amazing. I love yep. it. Yeah. No, I, I, for some reason, I did not think you would get. That's like the furthest thing I would have expected from you. Yeah, I don't you were thinking why. like orange or apple or something, right? Well, no, <laughs> I, I had dragon fruit in my head for some Ooh, reason. I don't I like know it. why, yeah. but we'll get to that another week. We're yeah. doing plum. I'm excited to do that because there's yeah. all different kinds of plums out there. Yeah, black got, plums, I've red got plums, two, two varieties. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. so I'll be looking forward to that one. Mm. Oh, we're going to talk about the best ways to get the pip out. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be yeah. good. Oh, stay tuned. The plum cool, next week. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening yet again. Thank you, Tim, for your time. Um, we have been two guys, one plant. Uh, just head to Spotify, you know, subscribe to us there. Or if you go on iTunes, chuck us a subscribe there as well. Give us some feedback. We'd really love that. Um, The more you kind of do that, the more other people can find out about the podcast as well, and we would really appreciate it. Um, But until next week – oh, yeah, sorry. Well, I was going to say the feedback helps us to adapt the Mm. show and the content to – you know, we want to tailor the – obviously, you and I are doing this because we want to teach each other things. But So selfish. I know. You know, if there's things that people want to hear more or less of, we can kind of adjust what we do. Yeah. So we need the feedback. We do need feedback. So keep it rolling in. We've already had some really good feedback from a couple of people already, which is fantastic. Um, But look, until next week, do yourself a favor and eat some more plants.